sure are. Everybody's doing such a fine job. Our children's workers and parking lot guys and ushers and cleaning guys and grounds guys. You didn't know it. You think this church has been here a long time already. I mean, it's, isn't it wonderful? It's, it's, it's the, the working of the Lord. It's marvelous in my eyes. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible uh, with you this morning, the ushers have some extra Bibles. Hold up your hand real high, and they'll get one to you because we're going to open our Bibles and get in here and see some good things and feed our faith and feed our spirit. There is no book like the Bible. It is the living Word of the Lord. If you love God, you love His Word. And we do love Him. And we, we care. It matters to us greatly what he has said. Also, um, Phyllis mentioned the reading cards just a moment ago. We read every uh, day, Monday through Friday, we read a chapter a day. And um, you'll find if you read one chapter every day, Monday through Friday, in one year's time exactly, you've read the New Testament through in its entirety. Works out just perfect. And so we're, we're doing that as a church, and actually we're finishing up reading. Is it this week, I guess it is? And so then next week we'll start with Matthew 1, uh, I believe that's right, reading our, uh, our chapter. So uh, if you want a card, those index cards show what chapter we're reading on what day. If you want one of those, you can hold your hand up. They, I believe they've got some here. This is the reading card. <clears throat> And uh, we encourage everybody, please join us on this. Uh, it's so important. It's, there's no such thing as being so busy that you don't have time to get any of the Word in you. That means your priorities are messed up is what that means. It means you don't know what's important. So, uh, reading card, hold your hand up if you want one of these. The ushers have some of them. Also, Phyllis mentioned that the other card just has the books of the Bible, the New Testament and Old Testament, uh, if you want that to help you as a guide. And while they're doing that, the rest of you, the rest of us, we can turn in the Scriptures to Hebrews, book of Hebrews and the eighth chapter. And, uh, of course, they'll have these reading cards back at the uh, information counter as well. We'll have them there next week and, and the next. Just want you to be prepared. Hebrews 8 and verse 10. Let's release our faith. And believe God together. Now, <clears throat> I know different ones are accustomed to different church backgrounds and ways of doing things, but uh, we take the word very seriously around here. And uh, uh, it's, it's not just a matter of a little homily, our sermonette, our little pep talk, our little focus about current social issues. Uh uh. We believe this word is life to your spirit and health to your body and illumination to your mind, everything that you need, peace, joy. 
Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So let's release our faith in this. And, and we don't believe that uh, we, we just need to hear men giving us their ideas. It's, it's not for me or any other preacher to tell you what to believe or to tell you what our th- we, we think. Uh, we're supposed to tell you by the unction of the Holy Spirit, we're supposed to yield to Him and give revelation of the Word. And, and if, you, if you see that the Word says this, then you should know that's what you believe. Right? And that's what you do. And you need to see it for yourself, not just what somebody else thinks. Thank God you don't have to know God vicariously through somebody else. You don't have to just rely on somebody else's experience or ideas. God is real and He's knowable and you can know Him for yourself. Everybody said out loud, I can know Him for myself. Amen. So let's agree in prayer right now for the utterance and the ability to hear. Father, in the name of Jesus, we present ourselves before you, before your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, before your Holy Word, which is perfect and wonderful. We treasure it so. And we ask for the utterance. We ask for the anointing that teaches and reveals. We ask for every one of us, ears to hear, eyes that see, a heart that can receive. Give us answers right now. Give us direction and help. Feed and and build up our insides, our heart and mind. Quicken us by your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen Amen means so be it. How many say amen? So so be it to me. Uh, Hebrews 8 and 10. He said, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I'll be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Verse 11, they'll not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. They'll all know me. The youngest one that got born again this morning or yesterday, to the oldest, the one that's been walking with God for 50 years, they'll all know me. They'll all personally experience me, he said. Go with me to the 11th chapter of Hebrews, just over just a few pages or a few chapters. Hebrews 11 and verse 5. Now this whole 11th chapter is talking about faith. How people had amazing victories and did amazing exploits and and received miracles and and mighty things by their faith in God. The whole chapter. And verse 5 says, by faith, Enoch was translated. He was taken from one place to another. That he should not see death. And he was not found. Because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. If you read uh, Genesis' account of what happened with Enoch, the Bible said he walked with God. And And from this scripture, we know that he did it by faith. And that his faith in walking with God caused him to... to to leave where he was and be in a completely different and new and amazingly wonderful place. 
wonder if faith in God still translates from the old and boring to the new and wonderful. Hmm? It does. I said it does. And it's connected with learning how to walk with him. Verse 6 says this. Verse 6 says, without faith it is impossible. It didn't say challenging or difficult. It's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In order to come to God, in order to commune with God, you have to believe two things. This is not optional. You have to believe these two things. One, you've got to believe God is real. You've got to believe He exists. And you've got to believe He's God. And a lot of Christians and church-going people believe that, but they stop short of the next one. What's the next one? You must believe something about His character. Something about what kind of God He is. He's not a cold, indifferent, untouchable God who created this thing and gave it a spin and might check in on it once in a while, but sure couldn't be bothered with the trivial stuff that's going on in your life. Not true. Not true. The Bible said he even keeps up with the number of hairs on your head. You don't even know that yourself. Right? <laughs> he is so big, and yet he so, uh, he so cares. He cares. And you've got to believe that if you reach up in sincerity towards him, he will reach back. That if you draw near to him, he'll do what he said and draw near to you. That if you ask, he'll answer. That if you seek, he'll cause you to find. That if you knock, he'll cause it to open to you. You've got to believe that. There's a lot of Christians that don't believe that. They believe you might pray, pray, and pray, and nothing ever happen. They believe you might seek, seek, and seek, and never find anything of God. And if you believe that, you're in trouble. Because it's, it's not optional. You've got to believe something about his nature. That he's a good God. You know, what would, what would it say about somebody's belief in you? That somebody's in desperate help and, and, and they talk to you and say, yeah, I know, you know, Keith, I, I know he could help, but I don't think he will. I don't think he cares. Well, that's quite a statement about my character, isn't it? Or yours? Or God's? No, he is real. He is God. And he is a good God. And he's a good God that if you, we read these scriptures in times past, if you seek for him with all your heart, you will find him. If you're sincere and you mean business with him, he will reveal himself to you. And you'll get to know him. And you can learn to walk with him like Enoch did. And if you learn to walk with him, you'll wind up in a different place than you started out. Do you believe this? A better place. Look with me if you would, or actually they'll, they can just put this up on the screen for us. Or if you're real quick, you can find it, either one. But uh, in Amos, the third chapter and the third verse. Now that may be back there when some, where some people's pages are stuck together. Could be a good time to get them unstuck though, huh? Amos 3.3 3 says this. 
Can two walk together except they be agreed? What's the obvious answer to that? No. No. And if you're going to walk with God, what do you think? You're going to have to get in agreement with Him. If you're going to walk with Him. Uh, now, now, one thing you'll have to find out about Him, He's right about everything. <laughs> and He's not going to conform to you. He doesn't need to. Any conforming that needs to happen is on our end. And I know that sounds simple and, and sounds obvious, but man, there's so many folks that are so stubborn and set in their ways until they just, they're not, they're not willing to do it. And you'll find out that ever how you are with people is a revelation of how you are with God. It's just how you are. <laughs> and in order to walk with Him, we must conform to Him. We must adapt to Him. The Bible said we need to be renewed in our mind. Not, don't be conformed to this world, the Scripture said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, Romans 12 says. So what, what are we talking about? In order to walk with God, you've got to find out what He likes and what He doesn't like, what He loves and what He hates. And then if you and he are going to spend any quality time together and, and continue together, you have to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Y'all with me, friends? Is this okay? So how about us taking a little time this morning, finding out a few things. You know, not everything, obviously, in one, one session. But a few things that the Bible said he hates. A few things that the Bible said he loves, so we can begin to get more in agreement with him. Check ourselves out. How many are willing to love what he loves and despise what he despises? Uh, the Master said this, Jesus said this, I delight to do thy will, O God. This is a, this is a set of your will. And I have found that this, I don't have to live by what I've thought or what I've felt or, or my plans or my so-called dreams. I've found out as an act of my will, I can agree with Him no matter how I feel. You know what I mean by that or not? Let me give you an illustration. After I learned that, then there were things that came up, and I would think, well, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to get. That's what I want to be. And sometimes the Lord would reveal to me, no, that's not what I want. And when he did, I'd say, right. <laughs> now that I look at it again, <laughs> I don't even like it. And my emotions are going, yes, you do. You've always wanted to say, Sh shut up. You say, shut up. Nobody asked you. <laughs> Lord, if you don't like it, I don't like it. You can do that as an act of your will. Or the same way on the other side of it. If you say, you know, oh man, that's not me. That is not my thing. No, no, no. And if the Lord says, I want you to do that, you go, right. <laughs> yeah. Now that you mention it, that's, 
exactly what I need to do. As an act of your will, you can, you can be willing and you can yield regardless of how you feel or what you've thought beforehand. And if you want to, uh, if you want to stay with him and walk with him, when it comes to God, you need to be a yes man. Or yes, woman. You need to be a yes person. When God says it, you need to go, yes, sir. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's absolutely right. Totally right. Yes. Oh, God, you're right. Whew, that's right. Yes. Yes. Yes, you're right again. Again. Yes. You are always right. Because he actually is. Always. Right. Yes. <laughs> Now, I know that should be obvious, but the truth is, people are not doing it. People are seeing things he said all the time, and and they don't like it. They don't want it. I've had people look at me and say, well, I know all the scriptures in there, but I don't care. Well, how are you going to walk with God? You're not agreeing with him. Your, Your values are not his values. Your priorities are not his values and priorities. Um... Look with me in Luke. Or again, they'll put it up on the screen for us. Uh, Luke, the 16th chapter, and the 15th verse. Luke 16, 15, reveals that there's a very different set of values between what men hold in the world and what God has. In Luke 16, 15, he said to them, Jesus said, You are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. There are things that that men treasure and think, boy, this is it, and God detests it. Well, I've been praying this prayer for years, and, and I continue to. And it is my, my desire and heart. I, I pray, God, let me see things the way you see them. I want, my, I want your values to be my values. Your priorities to be my priorities. Is that your heart? Is that your desire? Are you willing? Everybody pray it out loud then right now in sincerity before the Lord. Say it out loud. Father God, open my eyes to see like you do. Help me to see things. And people through your eyes. I want your priorities to be my priorities. Your values, my values. I want to love what you love and hate what you hate. In Jesus' name. Amen. So be it. So be it. Well, let's go to the book of Proverbs. And look at a few things that the Lord does not like, that displeases Him. And then we'll end up talking about a few things that He loves. And it'll it'll stir us up. And if you already knew them, it'll make you stronger in it. If you didn't know them, it'll be educational and enlightening. And uh, we can embark upon walking with Him in a closer fashion, being more one with Him. Proverbs 6 and 16. 6 and 16. It says, These six things does the Lord hate. 
Yea, seven are an abomination to him. Abomination means detestable. God is different than many have made him out to be. Uh, Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't claim to know everything about God. I I know a thimbleful. Thank God for what we know. And I'm learning and growing. But there's people teaching about God not even born again. Don't know him at all. And the stuff they say is just off the wall. It's just bizarre how wrong it is. And you don't have to be dependent. Well, who do I listen to and who do I believe? You get in this book. Did you hear me? And you judge everything comes out of my mouth or anybody else's by this book. This book is the sure word. If this says God is this way, then that's how he is. And if anybody says differently, then they're wrong. And this is right. You, me, anybody. This is to be our final authority on everything. This says there are six things, seven things, that God hates that are an abomination to him. Well, if he doesn't like it, what about you? Say it out loud. If he doesn't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Through your, your entire life, every morning, every afternoon, every evening, everywhere you go, everything you do, it ought to be, I'm with him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm, I'm with him. What do you like? Whatever he likes. <laughs> what do you want? Whatever he wants. <laughs> huh? I'm with him. Why? I walk with him. He and I walk together. I walk with him. Well, now, that doesn't mean that that you just go do everything and anything that strikes you and what you think, and he helps you and blesses you in it. He is not obligated to provide for or help us do just any and everything we decide to do or come up with. That's where people are struggling. They have their ideas. They have their plans. They have their goofy pursuits, and they're praying God to bless them and help them in it. No, that's backwards. Find out what he wants you to do. And that's all, that plan's already blessed. Yes. There's already provision connected with that. Uh, what does God hate? What is an abomination to him? Verse 17. A proud look. We touched on this actually Friday. If you weren't here with us Friday, uh, get the materials. Get online and, and download it or out in the word supply. Take advantage of these things because uh, all of it goes together. The Lord is, of all the things that we could be talking about in the Bible and, and, and the Word of the Lord, these are the specific things we believe the Lord is giving this foundational group in this church at this time. It's very important. Very important. And then other things will be built upon this. Pride is the nature of the devil. And you need to despise it. And I'm not just talking about despising it in other people. You need to despise it in yourself. As a boy, reading the Bible through for the first time, I got to the passage in the Old Testament where it said, Now the man Moses was meek above all the men that were on the face of the earth. And, and that, that, that scripture stood out to me. I believe that's what Numbers... Uh, 13 or so, I guess it is. Um, 
And as I pondered that, the Spirit of God ministered to me, did you notice Moses was the meekest, the humblest man in his generation? I thought, yeah, that's what it says. Then the thought came to me, did you also realize he was the most used man of me in his generation? And I was reminded of the scripture that said, well, uh, uh, God gives grace to the humble. Well, apparently, if you're, obviously, if you're the most used individual in your generation, you had a lot of grace. Who gets the grace? The humble. But the Bible said God resists the proud. He resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. God hates pride. Now, we need to qualify some things. When you use the word hate, this doesn't mean God hates proud people. He loves sinners. He hates sin. He loves sick people. He hates sickness. He loves poor people. He hates poverty. Y'all with me or not? And you need to hate what he hates. We don't hate people. But you're not supposed to love everything that's in somebody's life. Is this okay, friends? Are y'all with me? It's not something I made up. This is scripture now. What about pride? Are you okay with it? God hates it. And so what I did is I, I began, I prayed, I said, Lord, well, show me. Show me what pride is. Show me what humility is. Teach me. Help me. And, and, and he answered my prayer and began showing me. And for year after year, every year I'd see some things. That's pride. That's, that's humility. That's pride. And, and it's not what a lot of people think. It's not self-abasement. Uh, it's, it's, it's not running yourself down. Oh, I'm nothing. I can do nothing. I, that's not what it is. You know, there's a lot of people who are proud of how humble they think they are. <laughs> do you see that? It's a convoluted mess. One of, the, one of the key elements of true humility is honesty. Genuineness. You show me a truly humble individual, I'll show you an honest Individual, They will tell the truth, even when it makes them look bad. Are you listening, friends? They, they, will, they won't hide it. They won't color it. They won't shade it. God hates pride. How about you? Hmm? That's kind of weak. How you feel about pride, saints? Huh? Now, now don't, don't try to judge somebody else. Where, where, are you, where are you looking for pride these days now? You're looking right here. Say, say it out loud. Lord, show me, Lord, show me. Pride. pride. You detest it. And so do I. Help me to see it in myself. So I can get rid of it. Quit yielding to it. And quit being this way. So important. Now, if, if you really want to delve into this, uh, the Lord has given us teachings on it in times past uh, that we went for weeks and weeks. There's a lot of material out there. You can get online. won't cost you anything. What's the next thing it said that God hates? What? A lying tongue. How does God feel about lying? 
you know, everybody lies a little bit here and there. Some, you know, no big deal. Huh? Very big deal. God hates it. How do you feel about it? Huh? How do you feel about lying, saints? Help me out. You need to be strong about it. He hates it. I hate it. Hands that shed innocent blood. Somebody that's innocent, done nothing wrong, and somebody kills them. God hates that. How about you? You feel the same way. What's next? A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Somebody that just cooks up (laughs) evil plans, just lays on their bed and thinks up stuff to hurt people. God hates that. How about you? Feet that are swift in running to mischief. Somebody's quick to do something wrong and evil. Verse 19, a false witness that speaks lies. Now, really, he's already talked about lying. So this one's mentioned twice. And I I tell you, you can see this through many other scriptures in the Bible. And you'll hear me talk about it. And you may think it's my soapbox after a while. But listen, God is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, what? The truth. Truth. The Spirit of God is called the Spirit of truth. This word is called the word of truth. And the devil is a liar and the father of it. Lying came from Satan himself. He came up with it. He fathered it. There is nothing more devilish than a lie. And you and I ought to have nothing to do with it. We ought to make up our mind we are done with deceiving of any kind, with lying of any kind. Our lying days are over. God hates it. So how do you feel about it? Hmm? Somebody said out loud, I hate lying. I hate deception. Now what about people that tell lies? <laughs> you love them, but you don't love their lies. Right? Now you think about what deception is. Deception is somebody using your, their relationship with you and your love and trust in them, they're using that to convince you of something that is not true. That's a betrayal, isn't it? And it is as devilish as it gets. And how are you going to walk with God talking the devil's language? Y'all wouldn't be in agreement, would you? Hmm? No, he is truth. He loves truth. How about you? I love the truth. You got to make up your mind. You're not going to lie, not for anybody, not for any reason, no matter what it costs you, no matter what the result, you are not telling a lie. You got two options. You either tell the truth or you don't talk. Right? You got, you do not have a third option. Of shading and lying and hiding and deceiving, you don't have that option if you're going to walk with God. Hmm? So let's go over it again. Go back to the previous verse. What does God uh, hate? 
A proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. What else? Heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet swift running to mischief for evil. 19, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. Troublemaker, whisperer, tattletaler, hmm? causing problems. Cause, run over here and tell this one this. And run over here and tell this one that. And, and then they get into it. God hates that. That causes strife and causes problems. We ought to be peacemakers. Not strife causers. We ought to help people get together. Not separate. God hates discord and strife. And the thing that causes it. So how about it? You going to get in agreement with him? Hmm? Said again, what he hates, I hate. Hmm? And as you put yourself in this word, as you come to church and you hear teaching and preaching, as you, as you read your chapters, as you feed your faith, he's going to answer the prayers that we've prayed already. He's revealing himself to you already. It's happening right now, isn't it? You're seeing what he, what he detests and despises, and, and you're going to see what he loves. And it's your choice and my choice whether we choose what he loves or whether we choose something different. I want to be with him. I want to walk with him. I want to commune with him. I want to know him. You too? Okay. How about a few things that he loves? You want to hear that? Hmm? Some things that, that he loves. Look with me over in the Psalms, Psalm 11. Before we get into this, let me, let me camp just a little bit longer on, on what we've already touched on. You'll see a lot of things are connected to lying and, and falseness and deception. There is so much of it in the world. It's everywhere. There are these false fronts and facades, and people have grown up in it, and they've grown up around it, and there's so much falseness in people's lives, they've grown accustomed to it. They, they don't even see it. And when they hear real truth and honesty, it's almost startling to them. They're like, wow, there was no shading on that. There was no junk it's just genuine. I've had people that I've dealt with before. I'd look at them and say something, and uh, and they'd look at me and, and just take a step back and I said, "You really mean that, don't you?" I said, "Yeah." And, and you could tell they were taken aback. But the Lord will help you month after month and year after year develop and, and get this junk stripped off of you. Get junk stripped off until when you speak, it's no hype. It's, it's no deception, it's no junk, it's real. It's sincere, it's honest, it's right out of your heart, and no junk added. Do you want to be this way, friends? Oh, it's, it's, and when that happens, as that happens, your words begin to be more powerful. Your words begin to carry weight. And they'll minister love, and they'll minister peace, and they'll minister joy. 
You don't have to be a preacher. You just have to be honest. And you grow in this. You'll grow some, and the Lord will show you, no, that's pride. No, that's, that's phony. No, that's not right. You'll grow in it, grow in it, and you'll think, praise God, I've come a long ways. And you have, but then he'll show you some more things. <laughs> he, he's very kind like that. He won't show it all to you today. If he did, you'd go, oh God, just put me out of my misery, please. It's too much. No, he'll show you a couple of things and three or four things, and you'll work on them, and you'll get that, and you'll go, glory to God, I got that. He goes, that's good, baby. Yeah, that's great. There's another thing right here, and there's two more right here, and you go, okay, and you get them, and you think, I got that, and and then he'll show you three more, and I got that, and show you three more, and you think, man, I must be getting close to the top now, and uh, he'll go, oh, that's good, baby, that's good, yeah, 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 but there's another 23 things. And what it is, is becoming more Christ-like. It's becoming more like Him. How many believe that when Jesus looks at you and talks to you, there is no junk, there is no color, there's no goofiness, there's no phoniness? How many believe it? That when He speaks to you, it is absolute truth. Truth. And what will the truth do for you? Anybody in here knows the truth makes you free. Oh, hallelujah. I might preach myself happy in here this morning. The truth makes you free. Do you know what I'm talking about? That there is phoniness everywhere in the world. It's all around. People come smiling and, and they're saying stuff and they don't mean a word of it. And they'll tell you one thing and go say completely something else behind your back. That's devilish. I said, that's devilish. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Be real. Be genuine. Be honest. God loves it. It's what He is. And you walk with Him. Notice in Psalms, are you there? Psalm 11. You got time to take a little more? Psalm 11 and verse 7 says, For the righteous Lord does what? He loves righteousness. And his countenance does behold the upright. Sit out loud. The righteous Lord loves righteousness. Skip down to the 33rd chapter, or over, I should say, to the 33rd chapter and the 4th verse. 33 and 4. says, For the word of the Lord is right. Now the word righteousness is an old English word. Don't get hung up on the Yus. If you take away the yus, what do you have? Right. So if you just said right and rightness, he's talking about what's right. Which is still connected to what's true, isn't it? Because what's true is what's right. 
But what's right includes what is good. You got what's right, you got what's wrong. God loves what's right. How about you? Huh? What do you love? If he loves what's right, I love what's right. How do you know what's right? He tells me. Right? He tells me in his word. He tells me by his spirit. And when he tells me what's right, what do you do? You love it. You love what's right. The word of the Lord is right. What's right? Do you love this word? Hmm? If you love this word, you will have a Bible. And you'll read it. And you'll go to church and you want somebody that's anointed to teach you more about this word. Right? And you will make time for it. Did you hear me? And you'll, go, you'll be in the meetings he tells you to be in. And, and you'll feed on the things he shows you to feed on. Why? Because if you love him, you love his word. If you love him, you love what's right. What is right? His word is right. Everybody awake in here? Your love for his word reveals your love for him or the lack thereof. You take a, a, a man or a woman in love that, you know, engaged or uh, about to be married or married or whatever, that uh, they, maybe they're separated and, and in days past they, they wrote letters or, or they maybe emails today or, or whatever. But if you were separated, like especially in times past when travel and communications weren't what they are now, Somebody might have been in the military, the man, and the woman might have been back home, and they might have been separated for a year or two or whatever. And, and if they really loved each other, man, those letters were precious. And they would pour over those words. And they'd read them a hundred times. And they'd, they'd, they'd savor each word and each phrase. Why? Not just because they love ink and paper. Not just because they love language. Because they love the one that said the words. And so their love for the one is shown in their love for the words. Do you love these words, saints? See, you, you can tell directly how much you love God by how much you love his words. And what about people got no time for church, got no time to read their Bible, got no time for any of that? What do you know? They just don't love God to any appreciable degree. I know folks don't like that, but it's the truth. Jesus said in John 14 that the one that loves him is the one who will keep his word. Anybody remember him saying that? If you love me, he said, you'll keep my words. You'll receive them, you'll treasure them, you'll value them, and you will do them. If you love him, if you had not got time for him, then you really don't care that much about him. You just don't. How many in here love God? I want to see a show of hands. You love God? What does that mean? That means you love his words. You don't love him any more than you love his words. They're They're tied together. And his words are right. Keep reading the rest of this, please. The word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done how? In truth, he loves 
righteousness, rightness. He loves truth. How about you? Say it out loud. I love what's right. I love His Word. I love truth. Verse 5. God loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. I know there's a lot of bad stuff in, in the world. But if you know how to look and where to look, you can see His goodness everywhere. All over the place. You're in here breathing this morning, aren't you? That's the goodness of the Lord. Right? Names in the Lamb's book of life. They're working on your place in heaven right now. <laughs> huh? God is so good. He is so good. And the more you love Him, and the more His priorities are your priorities, your life changes. Your schedule changes. Your priorities change. You change. And all the stuff that was sapping your strength and leading you down the wrong path and, and, and causing you problems, you, you didn't know it, but it was an open door for the enemy to work in your life. You know, you, you can't be yoked together with devilish stuff and walking with God at the, at the same time. We have to get that stuff out and walk with Him completely and fully. Say it again. I love what He loves. I treasure what He treasures. And if we're agreed, that's how we can walk together. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you know what else God loves? In the New Testament, you see this. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Just touching on a few things that the Bible said God loves. What does He love? God, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says God loves a cheerful giver. Say it out loud. God loves a cheerful giver. Now don't get concerned. We're not about to take up another offering. This is not just a Sunday morning offering verse. This is a life verse. You don't, you're not supposed to just give during offering time at, at church. You're supposed to be a giver by nature. Right? That's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's morning, afternoon, evening. You just are a giver. Why? Because you take after your daddy. <laughs> your father is the greatest giver who has ever existed. God so loved the world that he gave. Giving is the greatest expression of love that there is. I don't know about that. I just quoted it to you. John, put up John 3.16 on the screen, please. What is the greatest expression of love that there is? John 3.16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he what? That he yelled from heaven, I love you. That is a great expression, but it's not the greatest. Hmm? God so loved the world that he said, I just have all these feelings. Oh. I just feel for it. That, that is not the greatest expression. 
What's the greatest expression of love? God so loved the world that he gave. And in this case, it wasn't money. Money couldn't buy us. Money couldn't, couldn't cleanse us from our sin. He gave us Jesus. And when you love, you give. Time, friendship, loyalty, and yes, money, and things. But you're just a giver. But notice in that scripture again in 2 Corinthians, what is it, 9, 7? What did it say? God loves what? What? He qualified it. God loves a what? See, it's, it's unacceptable to go, okay, I'll do it. And in this painful, sacrificial mentality, I'm just giving it all up for Jesus. I'll do it. I'll, yeah. Okay. Does God love a fearful giver? Does God love a tearful giver? <laughs> what does God love? Help me out. <laughs> God loves a cheerful giver. You know, Paul said this, writing to the, the, the people he administered to. He said, um, I will gladly spend and be spent for you, even though, he said, the more I love you, seems like the less you love me. They weren't returning his love, and he said, that doesn't matter. I will gladly, somebody say gladly. I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. I will give it and give it all. Did you know this is Christ-like? Because he loved us when we were still his enemies, didn't he? And he came and he loved us and he, he was spent and, and gave himself. And he didn't do it. It's because somebody's making him do it. You've got to be willing God's not going to twist your arm. He's not going to drag you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to make you. And the, the, one of the biggest indicators that you're doing something in faith is that you do it with gladness. Let's take the example of the offering. If somebody gets up and tries to shame you until you give against your will, and if they shake you till the money comes out, and you watch the offering bucket go all the way down, and you're thinking, man, I could have used that. <laughs> then your offering is unacceptable to the Lord, and the Lord does not receive it. The people might have received it, but He didn't receive it. Are you listening to me? I can give you numerous scriptures for this. No, God loves... Why? Because if, if you sowed it, you gave it, something's going away from you, out of your life at this particular date, and yet you are happy, money's going away from you, and you're glad. 
You've got to be in faith. Right? You've got to believe this is not the end of this. I care more about them. I care more about that than I do that money. Besides that, I'm not throwing it away. It's an investment. It's a seed. It'll come back to me. And if you, if you believe that, it makes you glad. It makes you happy. And faith pleases God. What pleases Him? That's why He loves a cheerful giver. Because faith pleases Him. Say it out loud. I love what He loves. If it pleases Him, it pleases me. I like what you like, Lord. Well, if that's so, then you love this Word. And you love what's right. And you love giving. And you, you love truth. Amen. And how many can see as that's more and more in your heart and your mind, and it's not just a bunch of talk, but you really mean it, that you are, you are linking arms with Him. And you and He are on the same path, and you're walking with Him, and you're His man, or you're His woman, you're His person. Right? And whatever He says, you like it. You're His yes man. Right? <laughs> and whatever He loves, you love. And he doesn't like it, you don't like it. I don't care if it's something you thought you wanted to do all your life. And he says, no, I don't want that for you. You go, right. I don't, now that you say that, I don't even like it anymore. Now your emotions and feelings go, yes, we like it. We've always liked it. You say, shut up, shut up. Nobody asked you. <laughs> if, he, if he doesn't like it, we don't like it. Hmm? Joined to the Lord. One spirit with him. Do you believe it would be a key to your joy being full in life? That's what he said. You keep my commandments and your joy will be full. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord.